What's the matter with your mind? Look so divine. I had that song stuck in my head for some odd reason. I've had, I don't know, like the past week or so, I've been getting songs stuck in my head that I haven't listened to in like months. Like I had like Mr. Saxo beats uh, in my head uh, a couple days ago. I haven't listened to that song in good six months. Um, weird. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, the podcast? We've never tried that before. We're off to a great start. Welcome to Adventures in Absurdity. Um, today, uh, we have, uh, me, Matthew, and me, Matthew. Uh, Hannah's episode where she was in her car and reviewing... Oh dear, I don't remember what episode it was. It was just her in her car. I thought that idea sounded really fun. And it just seemed so, uh, like a, such a vibrant episode that I wanted to copy it. Um, so in other words, uh, everyone else is busy, and I was the only one who could record today. So, welcome to Adventures in Allentale. <laughs> oh, I sure would suck if my mic cut out at any point during this recording. Uh, cause it's, I'm the only one talking. Um, anyways. I know last week we said we'd be doing Oswell with Boswell. Hmm. That's a tongue twister. Say that five times fast. Um, but seeing as I would be the only one reviewing it, uh, and a lot of my other co-hosts wanted to do that with me, I decided to veto that, and we're doing a different episode today. I should really double-check if we've done this one already, because it just occurred to me we might have. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, I should have checked this earlier. Ah! Okay, wait. Oh. I'm desperately, like, trying to open up Spotify to see what episodes we've done. I don't remember whether we... Because I remember listening to it. Oh, gosh. Um, this would suck. Cheers in um, absurdity. Okay, cool. Uh, official- nope, not the official one. I want the, um, podcast. It's not- okay, here, it's open. Uh, um, my top shows. Where is Adventures in Absurdity? There we go. There we go. Okay. Oh. I've never been more stressed in my entire life. This is terrible. <laughs> um, that's absolutely a lie. Okay, so. Ah, uh, and my computer is slow. Okay, shame about fame. Long end. Uh, Superlatives, California Dream, for a Song, Single Vote, Silent Nights, Mailman Cometh, Connie, Suspicious Minds, Candid Conversations, Ice Fishing, The Battle, Best Laid Plans, Love is in the Air, Missionary, Impossible, The Champ of the Camp, A Name of Not Number, Accidental Dilemma, and Get to Know Us. Oh my gosh, that was terrifying. Anyways, long story short, today, I... I'm going to be reviewing one of my favorite episodes, Our Best Vacation Ever. It's an album uh, five, uh, Daring Deeds, Sinister Schemes. It's like one of the one of the earlier one of the earlier episodes. My personal favorite uh, out of all of them. So I don't remember what episode I said the Novacom saga um, in episode one. I'm vetoing that right now. Our Best Vacation Ever is my favorite episode. Anyways. Our best vacation ever is episode 79 of the Adventures in Odyssey audio series. So it is pretty 
um, recent. Like, it's not, like, the first one, but it's 79, you know? It was written and directed by Phil Lawler and originally aired on July 22nd, 1989. That's a while ago. That is... That's a, that's a hot second to go. Actually, when is that? How how many years? Because that would be two... Uh, and then 32 years ago? Sure. 32 years ago. That's crazy. And now... Is this young yokel who wants to review it? Alright. Anyways, the summary. Uh, the Barclays take the best vacation they've ever had without leaving Odyssey. And, I don't know, I just really like this episode. Like, it's just a fun, light-hearted episode. It's about the Bar Barclay family. Um, and it's... Uh, like, it's just a very feel-good episode, you know? Going around seeing what Odyssey has to offer seeing, you know, the Barclays characters and whatever, and I think it was one of the, like, back when I first started listening to Odyssey, when I was, like, really young, like, grade two, grade three, I heard this episode, and, like, meant, like, it's always been in my mind, in the back of my mind, so when I re-listened to it, uh, when I've been listening through all the ep Odyssey episodes, uh, back, I want to say six months ago, I was like, oh, yo, I remember this episode, and I could quote parts of it, just because I had it... Oh, right! I had, a, I had like, these sampler discs, like, CDs, because I'm one of the younger members on the channel, or on the podcast, rather. I had these sampler CDs, and they had these, like, two episodes per CD, and I think this was on one of those. Anyways, so the episode is, um... The Barclays take a summer vacation, but they're broke and they can't go anywhere, so they spend it in Odyssey. And... Yeah, I guess I should start. I wrote the most notes I've ever written for any episode, like, period, since the beginning of the show for this episode, because I knew I would be the only one recording. Uh, and that sounds terrifying. I can't ad-lib. Like, I can. I can ad-lib quite well, actually. Um, but if I if I tried to ad-lib with the amount of notes I usually wrote, writ, have, oh my gosh, if I tried to ad-lib with the amount of notes I usually write, uh, it wouldn't go well. So, I have, like, Two pages worth of notes here. Anyways, and one of the, part of them's on my phone because my computer's insanely slow, and the other half is on my. Anyways, oh, recording, uh, like getting ready for recording was a mess this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Anyways, our best vacation ever. And let me just start. Like this actually ties in quite well because it's at the time of recording. Uh, it's like May. I think that's what month we're in. Um, and it's COVID! Uh, I don't know if it's been, like, it's, at least where I'm at, things are really start starting to clamp down now, just in preparation for summer, so that if we lift them during summer, then we won't get, like, insanely sick and whatever. So this episode actually ties in quite well, because most of the activities that they do in this show can be done social distanced, or, it, or mo most of them are actually, like, in your house, and it's talking about, how, like, how to have a good vacation without necessarily flying somewhere or going somewhere or driving somewhere so it ties in perfectly and i didn't even think of that when i chose the episode until i started listening to it anyways getting into the episode the episodes opens up with uh jimmy and mary in the den uh just chatting about money um and like because mary's like looking over the budget and she's like oh i don't think we're gonna be able to um go on a 
vacation this year. Uh, the budget won't allow it, especially if we want to go on a ski trip in, um, in the winter, which like the Barkley family ski vacation, like just mm, continuity is my thing. And when I first started listening to this, cause I'm, I'm like for my own rewatch, I'm in album. I want to say like 19 now after I started. Yeah. I'm in like, no album 15. No. 14. I don't know. I'm in one of the further along albums. Jimmy sounds so young in this one. Like, because I just listened to the one where he's like crushing on Connie and he sounds like a voice cracky teenager. Uh, and this one, he sounds like a child, like a literal, like 10 year old child. And it's, it's really threw me off for a second. Uh, anyway, so Mary and Jimmy are talking and, and then they're like, oh yeah, it kind of sucks. And Jimmy's like, but whatever, you know, it's Donna you're going to have to convince. Um, and we got to just give it to her gently, you know, and then Donna walks up. So, ooh, speak of the devil. Actually, speak of the devil. I don't, that's a bad, it's <laughs> a bad phrase to use in this situation. And like, um, I don't really know what an alternative is. Cause like speak of the devil is the one when you're talking about somebody and they come up. Uh, but like what other, like, cause that has negative connotation. Oh, speak of the devil. This, this terrible person is here. But like. What else do you say? Like, oh, you, we summoned him. Or like, it's just kind of like, oh, you're there now. Like, it, there's no really like positive version of speak of the devil. And that really sucks because I, th that happens regularly enough that I want a positive version of speak of the devil. Anyways, remember how I said about ad living earlier, like two minutes ago? Yeah. Whew. Nothing but high energy here at Adventures Null and Tail. Even has the same initials as Adventures in Amsurgy. Um, Anyways, wow, uh, Emily, if you do like a master, uh, like a compilation of all the time I say anyways in this episode, you'll probably have like a solid five minutes worth of footage, oh, footage, uh, uh, audio files. So Donna's like, walks up, hey, tell, tell who what? And then uh, Mary starts like fumbling, like, oh, uh, we just, um, we wanted to uh, talk to you about, and then Jimmy walks in with the bomb, we're not going on vacation this year. That's what you call being gentle? She, and he's like, yeah, you got. sometimes you just gotta come right out and say it. No use beating around the bush. It's like a band-aid, you know? Just tear it off immediately. So, um, Jimmy's a hypocrite, is what I'm hearing. Uh, sorry, I need a drink of water. Should have given myself more water this, before I started. I have, like, a quarter of an algae left. Um, oh yeah, and Mary's like, yeah, like, it sucks. Because it, it's not in the budget if we want to go on a ski trip next year. And, like, that... Because I remember this, the budget being um, a big thing, like, in some of the earlier episodes. But in some of the later episodes where the Berkeley family is still involved, you don't hear about the budget portion of it that much. Like, was that whole thing just dropped? Or, like, did they just kind of, sh like, shuffle the, the budget storyline to the side like i guess like there's only so many opportunities for them to use it but uh i don't know it was just a thought that came to me uh <laughs> speaking of which i um and like my knowledge of odyssey lore might be faulty uh i literally have a note here be careful i have the least odyssey knowledge out of the gang so if i'm trying to like tie stuff to an episode or something like I can almost guarantee my co-hosts or like any of you listeners being like, no, Matthew, you're an idiot. They very clearly state in this episode that uh, blank, blank, blank and whatever. So I apologize in advance. Anyways, uh, 
yeah, Jimmy, Donna, Mary are all complaining like, yeah, I don't, we don't get to go on a vacation this year. This person's going on a vacation and this person's going on vacation and this person's going on vacation. Uh, Oscar's visiting his relatives in Canada. Like, woo, woo. I love the fact that they named the entire country and not like, oh, they're going to British Columbia because, I don't know, if I just said I was going to America, people would be like, oh, okay, where? Because America's a big country. But no, Oscar's just going up to Canada somewhere. He's just going to vibe around. It's fine. We're only the second largest country in the world. Uh, and then the pastor's family is going to New Zealand, which actually sounds sick. I really want to go to New Zealand. Maybe as a gap year or something. Uh, and then they mention how Mr. Whitaker is going on vacation, too. Um, which is interesting. Because, like, mentally, like, obviously that makes sense. But, like, mentally, like... Wit is a permanent fixture in Odyssey. Like, any time of year, he is just there. But I guess, you know, man's got a... There's literally episodes where he goes to Chicago and stuff, and there's an entire portion of when he goes to the Middle East. <laughs> Remember how I said about my Odyssey knowledge is lacking? Anyways. Um... Then they they keep going, and they're like, oh yeah, all these people are going, and then Mary goes, oh yeah, we're... Uh, what about, uh, that Cunningham girl? You mean Lucy? Yeah! Remember how their family works? How, like, Lucy's dad works at the exact same place that George works? So they must not be going anywhere either! Remember how the Cunningham family is flat broke? Like, okay, Mary, alright. Calm down a little bit. Um. And then... George comes into the den. Hello, honey, I'm home. We're in the den. Hey, you'll never guess what I heard. Uh... Uh, H something Hammond Hammond. Uh, whatever whoever Lucy's dad is, it's like guess what? He got a big tax return, so they're going to Hawaii. And then, ah, uh, then it kind of um, what what was it? Something I said. Uh, you tell me, George. Good grief! You've come home, and you've said two sentences. Nothing else has happened, and suddenly the entire family is groaning. Get a hint, buddy. Anyways, commercial break. Yada yada. Uh, and then George goes into Wit's end to talk to Wit, or Wit, Wit. Like, and that, that brought up an interesting, uh, thought for me. Like, how often do adults go into Wit's end to just talk and hang out? Because it seems like a pretty nice place to just be. And obviously, if you have, like, kids or whatever, that's the added bonus, you know, picking up your kids so you know who Wit is pretty, pretty well. But, like, how do you, um... Like, do, do adults who don't have kids, like, single adults, like, young adults, go to... Like, do the college kids like to frequent Wits End because they grew up there and whatever? Like, I don't know. Like, that's just, that's just a cool, like, concept. Or, like, like, oh, if there's a fic, like, a, a fan fiction out there of, like, Jimmy in college, like, he's, he's moved away, but he's come back for the summer or something, and he comes back to Wits End and has a chat with Mr. Whitaker, and he gets to go into all these new places, and he meets all the new, like, Jillian, and he meets everyone, and, uh, Maury and everyone, Emily and Matthew, and he, and he goes to the Imagination Station in the Room of Consequence, and he goes to the arcade where he got swindled out of, like, a bunch of, uh, quarters, uh, that's the Prodigal Jimmy episode, which also is on one of my, uh, teaser, taster, um, discs. Oh, that'd be really cool, I want to read that now. If if any of you guys have an inclination to write about Jimmy coming back to Odyssey when he's in college, or if there is one out there, please send it to us. Um, send it to like the Adventures in Absurdity Tumblr or on 
Uh, we have an email, adventuresandabsurdity at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Facebook. Uh, you can contact any of us at our Tumblrs as well. Uh, mine is at all in tail. Um, I'm assuming Emily might put my name in the my Tumblr username in the uh, title of this episode before she uploads it. So just send it to there, please. I really want to listen to, or I really want to read Jimmy. Jimmy Dutron. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I talk really fast and like rapid fire. I wonder whether this will be painful or enjoyable to listen to. Like, was was it? I don't know. Anyways. So, yeah. So we come back. George is still in wit's end. And he's like, yeah, I want to uh, get some energy before I go into um, go back home. Because the Berkeley clan is kind of, you know, feeling a bit iffy these days. And George orders a Wadfam Chalksod. Which, if the Wadfam Chalksod was introduced in this episode, that's hilarious. Like, that's just, I love it so much. World famous chocolate soda, Wad Fam Chak Sad. Props to Connie for being uh, creative. And then, yeah, George starts being like, yeah, I know, we don't get to go on a vacation, uh, and it sucks. And Wit's like, well, there's tons of stuff to do in Odyssey. And George is like, yeah, that's great. And then he walks out uh, without drinking this Wad Fam Chak Sad. He pays Wit, which is like really nice of him. Like he just wa- his he paid like twenty cents for the um uh, for the advice he got, which you know what a nice guy. And then George comes home, and then they're all like, "Woo, wee!" I just completely lost my train of thought. Hang on. Yeah, George comes home, and they're all like, "Hi, George. How is work? You know, I got this great idea, family. Oh, what is it? You know what? I think we all deserve to go on a great vacation after all." And then they all go nuts. And it's like, yay! Okay, so where are we going? Yes! And so they start listing, like, New York, Washington, D.C., um, Disney World from, uh, Jimmy, obviously. And then Mary's eventually fed up and is like, well, what are you, um, well, don't leave us in suspense. Where are we going? Well, I never said we were going anywhere. I'm just gonna be, I'm just ending up, uh, recreating the entire episode. Um... Uh, you hear that, Odyssey? Hire me. I could be a nice voice actor. Anyways. Well, I didn't see, say we were going anywhere. Uh, and I actually got the idea from Wit. We can have a great vacation here in Odyssey. I think Mr. Whitaker's been spending too much time in the Imagination Station. Coming from Jimmy. I wonder if the Imagination Station, like... Like, because that phrase is usually attributed to, like, like alcohol or, like, drugs. It's like, oh, I, he's been spending too much time in the cabinet or whatever, you know? So, like, I wonder wonder if there's ever been a time when a kid has been, like, chronically addicted to the Imagination Station or the Room of Consequence or something. Because, like, honestly, if, you, if there was a machine where you could do anything uh, and just vibe in some other time period, like going to medieval Europe or going to Israel or going into the future, because I think that happens in an episode, or, like, just different things. Like, I wonder how many kids are, like, addicted to the Imagination Station. And I wonder how long the lineup is to the Imagination Station. Like, because there's never, there's never a lineup. But for basically being a top-of-the-line VR, like, fully immersive adventure sequence, like, that's, that's sick. I wonder if it's, like, a TARDIS, too. Like, a warping time. Like, it's bigger on the inside, but, like, it, 
an adventure that takes like three years and the imagination station only takes like two hours in the real world or something. Anyways, that's an entire long tangent off of Jimmy going, I think Mr. Whitaker's been spending too much time in the imagination station. But then finally, George convinces his family that they're going to have an amazing uh, vacation in Odyssey. And then they're like, okay, we're going to start planning. And then this is where the adventure really starts, like a third of the way into a 20-minute episode. Because it takes them that long to set it up, you know. Which, you know, fair enough. Like, I'm not, not bashing on them, but I take, it takes them a while to set up the premise. And then they execute the premise. Lovely. It's it, uh, lovely, lovely-ily. They execute it really nicely. That's what I meant to say. They open up. I think it's another commercial break something. Or it's just a transition noise. And then it opens up with George and Mary talking on the outside balcony. Like, are you sure this is going to work? That's where we come in. We If... If the, if we are having fun, the kids will follow suit. And that's a good piece of advice. Like, as a camp counselor, like, I'm obviously I'm not a parent, because heaven help me and the kid, but I'm a I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be a camp counselor, hence why you won't hear me much this summer and why you didn't hear me much last summer. And that's honestly true. If you are into it, like, even if the activity is only like kind of fun, if you are into the activity. And just make it seem really fun. Sometimes it backfires, but more often than not, the kids will get really into it too. Especially if the kids like you. So, if any of you want to be like a camp counselor or like working with kids, just try and get jazzed. Because it'll help really bring up the activity and it'll help bring up the kids' enjoyment of maybe a mediocre time. I remember there was this one time um, as a camp counselor, I... Oh dear, wait, what was the story exactly? Uh, but I was, like, helping out with a bunch of kids, and I swear I have an anecdote. I swear I do. I just, I can't remember, like, the specifics of it, but it happened, it only happened last summer. This is terrible. I was camp skills, uh, director, right? Like, I was Fire Master Matthew. I was teaching the kids how to make fire. But once you teach the kids how to make a fire, there's only so much you can do after that, right? Like, it's like, wow, you made a fire! Yes, we're doing this every day for the next five days. But surprise, and I actually got this idea from one of my one of my uh, co-counselors. Um, but she said, like, make the kids like make it into a little bit of a game show. If the kid wants more Tinder to burn, they have to like answer a question or something. And so it was a weird way to get them to do math. But it was also like a, it was they kind of got into it at one point because they were competing to see who could build the biggest fire and answer the most questions. And in any other situation, like. Answering math questions over summer at a summer camp just sounds terrible, but they were able to get it really into it. That was a long way to talk about George having enthusiasm for being in Odyssey over spring summer vacation. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just talking. And as much as I love to talk, I don't do it smoothly sometimes. And so if it's just uh anyways they're on the front patio and apparently there's like oatmeal is only the first course and mary's gonna go in and cut up some fresh fruit and that sounds really nice like the birds are chirping that water sprinklers going it's probably a beautiful day i actually have a mental image that i've constructed of this time and it just it 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 brings me joy to look at and like they've got this great big lawn this nice patio with like you know uh, the umbrella with a patio table and whatever. 
and it's it's just it just looks like a lovely place to just have breakfast and vibe and it's just i, I if i could go there like if if i could go anywhere in any fictional place it would be the Barkley family home on the first morning of their summer vacation that just sounds insanely nice mary and george are talking and then she's like okay i'm gonna go uh go in and prepare some more food because apparently like three courses for four people isn't enough like that's mary's doing the absolute most for the barclays and so uh as mary goes in jimmy comes out and the sprinkler is still going and then morning dad like what what's going on where is everyone so we're eating breakfast outside okay like that sounds like fun it's it's also like a nice surprise that's that just sounds nice uh and then george is like yeah no it's great but can you go move the sprinkler which spawns this amazing this beautiful water fight and poor Jimmy, like, it sounds like he was genuine. He's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to splash you. And then George just instantly gets him back and they start going at it and just, oh, it's, it sounds really fun just overall. And you know what the funniest part is? There's a scene on the AIO wiki, like, there's a picture of the Barkley family uh, having a water, a water balloon fight. That's that's not in the show. That's not in the episode. It's a it's a water hose and a sprinkler. There's no water balloon. The water balloons don't show up at any point during the episode, but they made it in the official art. Um, and I just decided to pick that a little bit. So they start this beautiful water fight. Um, and honestly, Chekhov's gun with the water sprinkler sound effect. I just that was beautiful. And then as they're fighting, Jimmy's like, "Hey, watch it! You're getting my shoes wet." Shoes. Shoes? Fam, you just woke up. You just walked outside for the first time this morning. Why do you have shoes on? It's a patio. Let your feet breathe a little bit. You don't need shoes. Unless, unless, he was one of the Americans who wears their shoes in the house, which first, I, I genuinely don't get that whatsoever. Like, shoes on the bed is even worse, but shoes in the house in general, like, okay. If you have linoleum floors and you can clean up fairly easy easily, okay. Like you're on thin ice, but that's fair. Like you can sweep up the dust and the dirt that comes in from your house or from outside into your house fairly easily on the linoleum. Like, okay, that's fine. That's whatever. I lived in an Asian country for a number of years and all my floors were linoleum. And so we would wear like sandals in and out of the house occasionally. We wouldn't wear shoes in the house in that place either. But, like, sandals would sometimes come in and out. Whatever. It's linoleum. Sweep it up. Mop it up. It's fine. It, it's, it's no skin off the floor's back. But in America, you guys have so many carpets everywhere. And you get snowfall pretty darn near everywhere. Like, that's wet. That's, like, moist, dripping, like, snow and water that's coming into this house made of carpet. And that's dirt getting into the carpet. And, like salt and sand and dust and grime and just like dirt and seeds and leaves and just there's so much on your floors and in the carpets i don't care how good your vacuum is there will be stuff in the carpets and that entire concept just makes me so violently uncomfortable just take your shoes off at the door man like take a cue from the japanese and wear a different pair of sandals in the house and then put like, if you want to wear something on your feet, do what they do. Take your shoes off at the door, and then put on a pair of sandals that you walk around the house. Because I get it. You don't... 
not everyone wants to walk around with bare feet in their house. But at least put on a pair of sandals, man. Like, come on. Socks, even. Just please. Please. I'm begging you. It's just... Anyways, Jimmy Jimmy gets his shoes wet, and at, it's just like... And they're gonna walk back into the house with those wet shoes and just... Oh, it's just... The entire situation's just ruined. It it doesn't... There's no salvaging this one, folks. As, mu as fun as the water fight sounds, like, just moist shoes on carpet is just one of the worst like you know you know the feeling when you're washing your dishes slipped into an accent when you're washing your dishes and you get the tips of your sleeves wet like like it's that it's that when you walk into a house it's terrible just oh man like just roll up your sleeves or just take your shoes off it's not that hard <sighs> i need a drink hang on so Jimmy starts getting his shoes wet, and oh gosh, I completely skipped over the part where George is imitating a Californian surfer, just like totally go with the flow, dude. And Mary imitates it, like yeah, let's totally go with the flow. And it's just that was I don't know, that's kind of that's kind of cute. Like I, I want that kind of like silliness in my marriage. That just sounds nice. There was a t uh, like literally last week in my Japanese class, there was a kid. Uh, and he sounds like, like, I swear he sounds like a surfer. Like, he said, I'm gonna shred that gnarly wave, and he sounded exactly like a stereotypical surfer dude. It was the funniest thing. Um, so, rip to George and Mary Barkley, but my Japanese classmate is actually better at a surfer voice than you. So, uh, Mary comes out, and the George and, uh, George and Jimmy are just still going at it. Uh, like, what's going on? We're starting our vacation! Get her! And then they start, uh, dousing Mary in water, and then Donna comes outside, and she's all confused, and she's like, Hey! What's going on? Hope I'm not being too loud. And then, uh, George, ever the sass master, is, like, watering the lawn? Get her, guys! And then everyone starts blasting Donna, and it's just this lovely, like, family bonding water fight time. It sounds it sounds great, and honestly, they're lucky that Donna um, took well to that. Because if, if if I woke up on the first day of one of the like of what I think is gonna be the most disappointing summer vacations I've ever had in my life, and I immediately get doused with water, I would have just went back to bed. Like that would have just that would have been a deal breaker. Uh, but luckily, Donna presumably takes it in stride, and. Man, the the amount of sass that this family has is hilarious. I wonder if I wonder this might actually be where I get it from because like I'm no stranger to being sarcastic and like, uh, what's the word? Uh, like kind of snappish, not snappish, but there's like I'm prone to that. Uh, actually, uh, my dad told me there was a time when I was like in grade four or five, and or no, a little bit younger than that, I think, and no, actually, it was like two grade two maybe and i was developing a bit of an attitude like not being rude but like being sarcastic and sharp like that and apparently my my dad because uh because we had just come back from my grandparents farm and they have a bunch of like garfield and Car calvin and hobbs comics out there and i spent all of my time reading those comics so i literally had to take a bit of a break from reading Calvin and Hobbes because the way that Calvin talks was just so insanely sarcastic. And I, since I was a child, right, I started picking up that 
terminology. So I had to stop <laughs> reading Calvin and Hobbes and stop being so sarcastic. Anyways, the Barclay family sasses, I live for it. So they go have this huge water fight, which is my favorite scene out of the entire episode. And then they shift to the zoo, which honestly sounds like a fun, like, so they're going around the zoo uh, blindfolded. So George is leading them around to different cages and based on smell and sound alone, they have to figure out what the animal in the cage is. And honestly, I might do that the next time I go to the zoo with some of my friends or something like that's, that's a fun way to just spice up going to the zoo, walk, walking around and looking at the animals. Like, cause don't get me wrong. Zoos on their own, insanely fun. Like that's cool. But like this genius ingenious george barkley like i applaud you that's really creative get your family involved whatever um and then uh jimmy makes the dig it smells like the house when mum prepares sauerkraut <laughs> and then mary goes ah thanks a lot jimmy actually you know what it does sound like the house when i prepare sauerkraut um which, like, I don't blame them. Sauerkraut does sound, or smell kinda, you know. So It's sauerkraut, you know. Um, which isn't to say that sauerkraut tastes bad. Sauerkraut tastes amazing. I had it on a hamburger last night. It was so good. Um, yep, so, and then, the, and then George is like, alright, alright, alright. You've smelled it. Now listen to it. And then you hear this obnoxious, like, weird sound, and then Donna goes, It sounds like Jimmy when he eats! like the sass of this family is just i love it uh and then they're like oh yeah haha, it's a hippo uh and then george is like yeah and with the discount coupons that i found in the newspaper this trip cost me hardly anything anything which like that's an interesting uh like little um that's an interesting little piece of information that they put in there like they didn't have to put in that it didn't cost them much but they did and i don't know it's just kind of interesting like i guess if they're trying to impart upon families that it's not it doesn't have to be expensive to go on a good vacation that makes sense because like if they're talking directly to parents like look in the newspaper my parents have regularly bought like coupon books uh and it like you can get coupons to tons of different places like i've gone laser tag and paintballing we even went like to, and did archery once because of these discount coupons, and I guess, like, it, it's actually quite easy to have a cheap, like, vacation, or even just an outing, like, a weekend. Like, it's not terribly difficult, I suppose, which is what the episode's trying to tell parents, I suppose. Anyways. Discount to coupons, and in my notes I have, spoken like a true Mennonite. And I'm allowed to say that, because I'm a Mennonite. Uh, George leads him in front of an, uh, in front of a cage, and he's like, you know, smells here. Like, what is it? Oh, we we don't smell or hear anything. All right, take off your blindfolds. Ha, gotcha. It's an empty cage. And then they're like, ah, oh yeah, wow. Let's go ride the horses now. Which honestly, that's sneaky, sneaky, Mister Barkley. Very sneaky. Uh, and then they go horse racing. Props to the voice actors for making their voices like bounce as if they're on an actual horse. Because I know for a fact they didn't run alongside like Chuck Volte with a with a microphone as he rode a horse trying to like record him desperately. Uh, like props to the voice actors for being able to do that. That's actually like that's impressive. Uh, so they go horse racing. 
Uh, and then the, then uh, jump cut to Trickle Lake, where Jimmy and Mary are on top of this giant uh, water slide, which, okay. That makes perfect sense to have a water slide on, on like, the, res the lake. Um, wait a minute, it's a lake! Trick- wait, okay. If it's a trickle lake, does that mean the lake- that- okay, no, it just- this entire time, I've pictured Trickle Lake as a river, or like a creek, or a creek. Depending on, like, if you're a hick or not, you'd refer to it as a creek, but I don't know. Um, I always, like, imagined it as a, as a, like, this tiny creek running out, just outside of Odyssey. Because trickle, like, if it's a trickling creek, or creek, a creek, is, creek is how I would pronounce it, but I'm pronouncing it creek because we have some hicks in our listenership and in our uh, co-hosts. Um, I, I mean that loving, like, in the nicest way possible. You guys are great. Uh, rural people are the best. Anyways, um, I always imagine Tr Trickle Creek, or Trickle Lake, as, like, a creek. Because it's, it's just, like, a small trickle of water. So, like, mentally, like, well, if there's a water slide going into this, like, small trick, like, if they named it Trickle Lake because it's only a trickle, that's a terrible idea. But now that it's finally clicked, the Trickle Lake is a lake. That makes so much more sense that they have a water slide going into it. Like, I had an entire tangent, like, written up about a Trickle Lake being, like, a creek. And it's like, well, you can't slide into a creek, especially not if you can see for miles at the top of it. But, oh, I just made a fool of myself for, like, four minutes straight. But why was it named Trickle Lake then? Like, was it made because of a small trickle that eventually formed into a lake? Like, a Trickle River or a Trickle Creek that fed into a lake? I don't know. I don't think they ever really go into, like, Trickle Lake, like, the name behind it. They just named it Trickle Lake. Whew. That was a tangent. So, Jimmy and Mary, and Mary's freaking out, like, oh, Jimmy, I don't know about this, and Jimmy's like, ah, it's fine, go for it, and then pushes his mother down this insanely high, uh, water slide, and then, <laughs> then Jimmy goes, oh, you know what? That does look pretty high, Mom. I guess I'm just gonna walk back down. And then you just hear, like, this woman with pure rage in her voice, THANKS A LOT, JIMMY! I don't know, that, that voice clip just it, hilarious to me every time I listen to it. And then, the old camp scene, where there, you hear harmonica in the background, there's a campfire, a couple crickets, it just sounds very nice, like, ambiance, and then they're talking in this, uh... In this weird, like, down, like, southern accent, like, oh, the mighty fine meal, Mary. Well, thank you, George. And then it goes on like that. Um, and this is a beautiful, beautiful example of subverting expectations. Because, obviously, it makes perfect sense that they'd be actually outdoors and camping. Um, but I forget, and, like, even the, the little dialogue that Jimmy has, like, wow, that was some mighty fine harmonica playing, Jimmy. Uh... Can we hear some more? And then he's like, sure, let me just switch the tape around. Like, that's that in and itself would be funny if they're out and camping somewhere. And like it doesn't even necessarily have to be like that that's a tiny little subversion of expectations. Like, oh, you expect Jimmy to actually be playing the harmonica, but it's a tape. Haha, funny, comedy, right? Uh, and then they just take it a step further, like, okay, you want to take these dishes and it's to make sure that no wild beasts get to them. And then Mary starts laughing, like, I don't think that's going to be a problem out here. And that gives the listener a little bit more, like, oh, I get that maybe they're not 
actually camping? Like, where would they be that there's no wild animals, like, to get the food that they just ate? And then Donna breaks the glass, and then you hear Mary go, let me just plug this in, and then there's a vacuum. And instantly, it's just like, oh! They, they're not outdoors camping at all. No wonder Mary said this. No wonder it's only a, a tape that Jimmy's playing. I don't remember where they actually whether they actually have a real campfire, but, like, in modern times, they literally could just have a video of a campfire. Like, there's all those live streams of a campfire sound ambiance on TVs. Like, if they did that, that would make perfect sense. And then, finally, Donna starts cracking up and is like, well, I just find it kind of funny that we're in the living room. And then it's like, and then all the understanding and realization goes into the listener, and it's just, it's, beautiful i just it's the writing is just beautiful it's so beautifully set up and written and whatever and the dialogue it's sound effects like let me plug it in then you hear this great big vacuum oh it's just it's amazing which actually brings me to a point vacuuming up broken glass what won't that hurt the okay like a couple points won't that hurt the inside of the vacuum if it's on carpet, like if the broken glass is in the carpet if it's in small pieces and it's in the carpet that makes perfect sense vacuum it up but if it's on carpet, it would have broken into bigger pieces. Like, it won't shatter. Like, it would break into bigger pieces, so you would just pick them up, right? Or, if it's on linoleum, like, it sounds like their, ho- their living room is, based on the breaking sound effect that they played, you would just sweep it up or pick up the pe- Like, vac- I don't know, vacuum seems like kind of overkill. Except in the portion where they're trying to make it sound like they're actually in a house and a vacuum would be the easiest way to do that you know what okay that's that makes sense i'll i'll give i'll give them that one that that makes sense vacuum like makes it obvious that they're not outdoors but in fact in a place where there's electricity on and on and on whatever then there's that entire camp scene they zip them up go to bed whatever and then it's the barn raising scene uh at good old tom riley's barn and i like the continuity in this, uh, it's continuity from previous episodes, because this is in, like I said, album five, Daring Deeds, Sinister Schemes, and this is just after the whole Blackard's Castle incident, and you'll remember that Tom Riley's barn gets burnt down by Richard Maxwell, and I know if Abby was here, we'd be having, like, a good two or three minutes of swooning. So, obviously, they need... Tom needs a new barn to house his horses and whatever, and it's actually, like, they could have just as easily made up, like, they could have just put a throwaway line in a different episode, like, oh yeah, Tom Riley got his new barn up, whatever. Oh, they they didn't even have to, like, address it at all, but they do, and they make it a big portion of this episode, and it's just, it's, that kind of continuity between episodes just makes my heart happy. That makes me filled with joy. Like, the the amount of, like, cross-references and jokes and continuity, uh, not errors, like, the, the unbroken continuity between all of these episodes is just, it truly astounds me for an audio drama, of all things, to be this long-running and to have, and to be able to call back to its own media and, on- and enterprise- enterprises and, like, its own books and, like, the Imagination Station books and, like, every- it just, it baffles me. Like, because even in some, like, main mainstream video games, there's continuity errors. Or in, like, TV shows that only have one or two seasons, there's continuity errors. And, like, just... I... Props to the Odyssey writing team for being able to 
not only have these kind of callbacks in their episodes, but to make the callbacks big parts of the episodes. Back to Tom Rowley's barn raising. Let me just say, what a, what a small town thing to do. Like, that just sounds like so much fun. Going to a barn raising? Like, that, that's, very, that's very cool of them. I don't know. That's just very nice. And then, so, George and Jimmy are the ones, like, working on it. Uh, there's a team of people. I wonder how big the teams were, actually, because they get it done insane, get it built and up insanely fast. But there's four teams. Each team is building one side of the barn. And so whoever can get their frame built and up first wins. And so the entire thing takes about three minutes. And there's the rule of thirds uh, little joke that's inserted in there a couple times. Like, get it? Got it? Good. And that happens two or three times within it. And I, I just like that. That's funny. Yeah, it only takes about three minutes before the barn frame is built and up. And I don't know how long it usually takes to for like in a barn racing. I know it's like a shorter episode, but that seems to go by insanely fast. Like props to Jimmy and George for being able to build that quickly. Wit comes over to congratulate them, and then George is like, "Well, thank you. Yeah, we really enjoyed this summer. It's all thanks to you for giving us the suggestion. We just wanted to thank you." And George is like, "Or Wit's like, no, no, no. You guys were the one that's really came up with all the ideas and whatever." Wit's like, "Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it." And George is like, "Yeah." We, me, I know me, Mary, and Jimmy did, and it sounded like they really did, like, throughout the episode itself. Um, the jury's still out on Donna, though, and then, beautiful, another, again, speak of the devil, but not really speak of the devil, because that has negative connotations. We don't even know who, uh, Donna's talking to, she's just talking to someone as she walks past, and she, we get to the perfect part of dialogue where Donna's like, yeah, and then we went to Trickle Lake, and we went to the zoo, and I genuinely think this is one of the best vacations I've ever had! And it's just this, it's perfect. Like, that's amazing timing. And then they're like, yay, woo, the summer was a success, whatever, good to go. The final callback that's self-contained within the episode, Jimmy spills lemonade on George Barkley. George is like, no, no, don't worry. Which, like, I would worry a little bit because lemonade's sticky. When it's dry, it sucks. Like, it's not like, it's not like water where you'll just dry, like, it's sticky. Ask me how I know, camp counselor Matthew. But yeah, he gets splashed, and then George is like, oh, you're be the garden hose, and then it cut, turns into another water fight, and it's all fun and games, and woo, and we're in the home stretch now, big finale, and everyone's happy, and the summer is a success for the Barkley family. And that's where the episode ends. The water fight fades into Chris. That's the entire episode. It's actually a shorter episode, too. It's only about 20 minutes long, like total, including Chris's intro and outro. So it's, it's actually a shorter episode, but it's just a very nice, again, it's just a very nice feel-good episode. I still really enjoy it. Just overall, I, I don't re-watch, re-read, or re-listen to media much, but this episode is probably one of the few thing, like, pieces of media that I'd consume over and over again. Like, I don't do it often. Like, ask anybody I know. I do not re-listen to things or re-watch things often which i know is a bit of an anomaly this episode holds a special place in my heart and actually no 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 going back to that if any of you listening here actually like re-watched because i know people have like their comfort movies and stuff like i'm pretty sure one of my friends has watched zootopia like over 30 times like that like please like let us know send in your reasons why you like rewatching something because I like I I don't really like for the most part and I I don't 
really understand why you guys do. So please let me know. Like, again, we have an email, Facebook, message any of our tumblers, give us an ask, um, just tag us in a blog post or something, like whatever, please. Uh, just let us know. Cause I'm, I'm genuinely curious what makes you guys, uh, like, uh, what makes you guys want to rewatch like a movie or something like just, you know, send us a, shoot us a quick message. We love hearing from you. Uh, with that, that's the end of the episode reviewed by yours truly all at all entail on tumblr known colloquially as matthew so disclaimer we're also not affiliated with focus on the family by the way please don't ever think that today's episode was brought to you by aram the recording bot we're we chaos. Chaos. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>